Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Conversations with Terry Law and Scott Law. I'm Scott. And I'm Terry. We're glad to be here with you. Uh, we recently were just talking about uh, really the background, the call of God on Dad and on Living Sound, a group that he was a part of starting. And uh, really having the Lord Jesus walking into the room behind the, behind the platform in South Africa, where was the where was the town again? It's called Springs. Springs, little suburb outside of Joburg, sixty miles outside of Johannesburg. Yeah, and that God at that moment had called Dad and Living Sound uh, behind the Iron Curtain behind, to, to close nations. And uh, Dad, why don't you pick it up from that point? Okay, I I, I sensed from the that initial experience, if God was going to take us to communist nations, to close nations that I would be totally in his hands. I couldn't organize something like this. There's no way you can take a music group into the communist world and have them be quiet or uh, do all the <laughs> traditional things that other, other missionaries did. And I realized we were going to end up confronting communism with the power of the gospel, and it would be some... It would be incidents that would demand our faith and everything inside of us. So in, in talking to the Lord about the next step, I, I told the Lord, I said, God, I don't know how to organize to get my team into a communist country, but I'm going to trust you in the days that lie ahead to open those doors. And I, I had no idea how that would happen. Two years later, this is now early uh, in the early 70s, we were traveling in Simi Valley, California, doing a concert in a church. And it was mail day in Living Sound when we traveled on the road with all of our uh, young people, 15, 20. Uh, they would all want mail. Mail would come in from home, and we'd have a, a mail day, a special mail day. And we were in the church in Sami. Valley and uh, the mail had arrived, and all letters were handed out to various people in the uh, in the group. I received a letter in my hand that uh, had a strange writing on it. I wasn't sure of the language. I found out later it was Polish, and the address on the envelope said uh, somewhere. I think it was uh, Krakow. Uh, the city of Krakow in southern Poland. Krakow. Krakow is the way the uh, Poles would say it. And I opened the letter, and I read it, and it was an invitation for the group Living Sound to come and sing in uh, Poland, which at that time was part of the Eastern Bloc nations. It was a communist nation. And when I saw that invitation, boy, something just leapt in my spirit, mm. and I said, Lord... I've been waiting for two years for this. You spoke to me in Africa and said the days would come when uh, those doors would open. And I, I said, I, I think I'm looking at a fulfillment of that right here in my hands. So we looked at it, tried to figure out what the letter meant, but we saw that it was an invitation. So we replied. Uh, we did not reply as a Christian group. We replied as a, a band, an American band, and I felt the best way for us to travel in Eastern Europe if we were to go across the borders into communist nations would be as a, uh, a music team. 
And so we replied and said, uh, we're going to come. And we set a time for that year. That would, now would be the uh, October of 1972. And uh, we said, we're, we're going to come. And uh, I'll never forget, Scott, when we left Western Europe and started journeying across into the communist world. I remember at the borders of Czechoslovakia, and uh, the machine gun nests in preparation to fight the Western world, America, and all the rest of it, mm. and uh, the tank emplacements, the uh, all this stuff. And we realized coming in there, we're playing serious stuff here. Uh, there may be no way we're going to get out of here alive. We don't know. And I remember Jan and I were both on that trip, and uh, uh, we had our our little baby Misty uh, along with us and here we were and I was about to risk my life and looking at well I didn't know but uh, we got on our bus and we followed the invitation across the borders of Poland we drove across Poland to the city of Krakow when we got off our bus in Krakow uh, we did it outside of a, a club I found out it was a the Youth Communist Club in Warsaw, Poland. A mistake had been made between the, they and ourselves. They thought Living Sound was a name of an American rock and roll group. And in those days, uh, Americans were famous in Poland because uh, Poland, although it was communist, was much more tied to the Catholic Church and to the West than it was to Moscow and communism. So anyway, when I got off the bus and I talked to our the leaders who had welcomed us, they said, we've got two concerts tomorrow night uh, down here at the club, here in the center of town, and we have sold tickets, and we've invited the youth of Krakow to come and hear the American Rock and Roll group. Well, when I found out they thought we were rock and roll, <laughs> And I've often joked about it over the years. I believe in rock and roll. I'm standing on the rock and my name is written on the roll. And that's about the only rock and roll I know. But uh, we said, well, here we are. Let's, let's find out what happens. So the next night, we arrived at the club to set up our equipment. And the place was jammed before the concert even started. Uh, young people had come. There were liquor bottles on every table. People were smoking and the air was blue with cigarette smoke and all the rest of it. <laughs> and I had never taken my team into that kind of environment before. And uh, But we prayed and said, God, you're going to have to show us what to do here. So we set up and got ready for the concert. Our first couple of songs were Larry Dalton. Our music director had written some um, more secular songs. <laughs> But then we came to my wife, Jan, saying, he's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's my weed in the middle of the room. He's my lily of the valley. He's my bright and morning star. And we realized that the rubber was about to hit the road. I got up about t 10 minutes into the concert to tell everybody why we were there, who we were. 
I announced to them that uh, we were not American rock and roll group, that we were a Jesus band who believed in Jesus Christ. And I preached a short message, Scott. I surprised myself. I said, Marx and Lenin do not have the answers to society, and they all were young communists. That's what they understood. I said, we're Christians, and we're here with an alternate worldview from what you have, and we're here to announce that there is an answer for young people and for the cry in their heart for reality and for God, and that we're here to address that call, and we're going to be here to sing about Jesus. It was dead quiet. They, were, they couldn't believe their ears or their eyes. They were looking <laughs> and saying, what, what is this we're listening to? And uh, I walked off stage left, and there was a stair going down into the basement, and some young men met me behind the curtain. When I stepped behind the curtain, they grabbed me under both arms, and they hustled me down into the basement. And I thought, well, here, here it comes. Hmm. If we're going to jail, it'll probably be right here, right now and the KGB are going to be involved here somehow. I was taken into the little room. I met communist leadership, and they accused me of being with the CIA. They said, no one comes in here with this kind of message and does what you just said to our young people. Uh, We know that you probably belong to the CIA. I said, no. I said, we're not CIA, and I used an alliteration, which wasn't very funny, but I said, we're Christians in action, and that makes us CIA. We were talking, and they were threatening me with prison and various things, and our group came to the final song. I'll never forget it. God is moving by his Spirit, moving through all the earth, signs and wonders when God moves. And it's a song with that totally spiritual bent to it, and our young people were singing it upstairs. Wow, I, I, uh, I, I had to pinch myself. I stood by Joel, Joel Vasson and my good buddy at the, he was our bus driver, we were standing at the back. I said, he said, what do you think is gonna happen? I said, well, it'll be a revival or a riot, one or the other, let's see. And when the song died, I came up during the song, God is moving by his spirit. And when it came to the final chorus, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And the song died away. It was dead quiet in the room. Dead quiet. And then all of a sudden, as though someone had pushed a button, hundreds of young people in that club stood to their feet and they began to applaud. Now, in Europe, when they have a chanting to their, to their applause, their, their, their hands come together like mm-hmm. this, uh, they were chanting in terms of beating in unison. And that meant encore. An encore, yeah. We want to hear more. So uh, Larry struck up the band, and they did a second version of it. And wow, uh, it was it was uh, dynamite. I was called down again after the concert, and the leaders uh, said to me in the basement, and by that time Living Sound had come down to join me in the basement, and they've said, they said, we have sold tickets to this concert. And we've got another concert coming right now. And we have decided we will not refund the money. You have to go ahead and do the concert. But then they pointed at me and they said, you can't talk anymore. You can't declare what you just declared about God and Jesus, etc." And I said, fine. I just encouraged the young people. I said, 
go and trust Jesus. So our band went upstairs and they started the second concert. Scott, I've never seen anything like this in my life. The anointing of the Holy Spirit settled down in that room. And our young people began to forget their fear. And they started singing songs about Jesus. And I noticed it first among the singers. They put their hands up. My wife Jan was there with her hands up. And the other girls and guys, their hands were in the air and most of them were weeping with tears rolling down their cheeks and praising God and giving God honor and singing songs of praise right in the midst of the Communist Club. Mm. And uh, wow, um, when the song died away, uh, I, I called the team together quickly and I said, I want you to get out into that crowd and talk to everybody you can about Jesus and share your faith and lead anybody to the Lord who wants to be led to the Lord. So uh, that is precisely what happened. And we were there till sometime around 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning in the head of the Communist Party Youth Club leading people to Jesus Christ. And what was shocking in it all, and this puts it all in perspective for us in terms of what God was going to do for us later. Uh, there was a man across town in Krakow whose name was called Carol Cardinal Wojtyla. He was the second most uh, important cardinal in, in the Polish church, the Catholic church. And when he found out that what we had done in the Communist Youth Club, he thought it was the greatest thing he'd ever heard. And he made up his mind that he was going to get to know us. And later on, we had opportunity of singing in his home. Uh, he loved playing the guitar. He loved young people. And we taught him a lot of our praise and worship choruses, like the chorus, Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. We taught him that chorus. And he taught that to churches Catholic churches all over Poland. Mm. And I can't tell you what it did to me. This man later, in 1978, was nominated Pope John Paul II, the head of the Roman Catholic Church. We knew him as a friend. He knew us as a group of evangelists that he thought was really doing something important. And when he went to Rome to become the Pope, uh, he extended us an invitation to come. And I remember standing in St. Peter's Square, 60,000 people there listening to us. We're singing songs about Jesus, about the blood of Jesus, and about, uh, uh, you know, just praise choruses to the, to the Lord. And the Pope is sitting there tapping his toe to the music, <laughs> just tapping it and clapping his hands and just totally endorsing everything we're doing. And, uh, wow, um, God made... A lot of things clear to me in that, but I'd had a word from God in a Catholic church in Tampa, Florida. A Catholic priest had invited Living Sound to sing in, in a Jesuit school in Tampa. And then after our concert, he'd asked us to come to the, uh, the Catholic church in downtown Tampa, which I had agreed to do. And we went to the church. I remember how foreign it seemed to me to be moving our huge uh, speakers and brass and all of our uh, musical equipment into the cathedral 
But then uh, when we began to sing, the presence of the Lord came down. I remember seeing a man who was a priest. I'd met him earlier, and he was visiting from Northern Ireland. And uh, he was so stirred by the music when we came to the altar call at the end. He walked into the sacristy on his own to pray. And I'd seen him, and God had stirred my heart. I followed him in. He was kneeling at a, an altar rail, saying, uh, uh, praying with his uh, rosary. rosary. Mm-hmm. And I reached up my hand to touch him, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me very clearly and directly and said, I'm going to send you into the middle of the Roman Catholic Church. I had no idea what that meant. All I knew is that I was a Protestant. I knew God was Protestant just like me. And I couldn't <laughs> believe he would call me to do something like this, which totally foreign to my background and everything that I knew. But God answered those prayers and the way that God opened the Roman Catholic Church to us is a story all on its own, another story of the grace of God. But wow, uh, to know Pope John Paul II, for him to respond to us, to bless us, and to open the doors in Poland, (laughs) Uh, the world found out about it before too long. And uh, the goodness of the Lord manifested itself in our lives and I'll be telling more stories about the grace of God and, and us singing in the Roman Catholic churches in Poland and then ultimately around the world and uh, how God raised up some young people who didn't know what they were doing but were willing to trust God, and he opened the doors of the nations to us. And when God spoke to me in South Africa and said, I'm going to send you to the closed nations, I had no idea that one of those nations would be Poland, that we would end up a mistake being made and a rock and roll group singing in a communist youth club, that that would ever happen. No way I could make that happen, but God did it step after step after step. And uh, a lot of this has been written in my life story. Uh, My life story is called Storm Chaser. My friend Jim Gilbert told my story, and it's, uh, it's an amazing book. And it uh, tells some amazing stories. And there may be folk listening to us now who would like to spend some time reading some of those stories. It, it just, it, it's, it's wonderful what God has done. And all I can say is right now is thank you, Jesus. Mm. That's good, Dad. You talked about uh, favor after that uh, communist nightclub meeting. And you guys were still there for a couple of weeks after that, right, in Poland? Yes. Did you have any other interactions with uh, with the KGB, with, with not, secret police? Not on that particular trip, but we did run into the KGB later. Oh, years later. I remember. I remember that when I was there with you as yeah. a kid. But well, any other any other um, uh, interesting, you know, divine well, favorable I, occurrences? I, I remember one night we were staying in a uh, a nunnery, uh, a, a spiritual home for nuns in southern Poland. I think it was in Katowice. And um, uh, we had just sung in the cathedral the night before. And about five o'clock in the morning, the door to my, uh, the door to my uh, room in the nunnery, someone was knocking stridently on the door. And I climbed out of bed, put my clothes on, and 
went to the door and there was a nun standing at the door. And she said, this young man has demanded to talk to you. Will you talk to him, please? So I said, all right. And uh, she excused herself from the room and I, I had a bed in the room and he went over and sat on the edge of the bed. And I said, who are you? Why are you here? He said, I'm a member of the Youth Communist Party in southern Poland. I have been given an order by the Youth Communist Party to follow you and to figure out what kind of political ploy you are using in our nation to get in front of all these Catholic churches and all these young people. Why are you doing this? And he said, you know, as I've listened to you night after night, he said, I've become hungry. He said, I want what you've got. I want to know God like you know him. How, how would I do that? How, how, how can I find that out? And I said, let's, I, I counseled him for maybe half an hour on various scripture verses and stuff like that. And then I said, you know what? I think it's time for us to say a prayer. So he knelt down by my bed and prayed a prayer and invited Jesus Christ into his heart. And that totally befuddled the communists. They'd sent this guy to find out what, what, what was motivating us, and here he becomes a Christian and a follower of Jesus. <laughs> and that, that, that shook the church everywhere throughout Poland. And we were having crowds, 20,000 people. Couldn't get him in the cathedrals. It, we filled the streets. We ended up doing a concert in Poland with uh, 300,000 people at the Festival of the Black Madonna in Częstochowa. And Pope John Paul II was there. And he was holding one of our albums in his hand. And uh, when he was nominated Pope John Paul II, the head of the Roman Catholic Church, we had a picture of him holding our album. And that was gold for Catholics all across America and around the world. When they heard that the Pope loved our music, they wanted our music too. <laughs> so a lot of our albums began to sell like crazy, and it was a it was a brand new open door. But what an opportunity came to us by the grace of God. Wow, that was a neat story about the. Uh, I don't know that I recall hearing that one about the the young man in the Communist Party that was supposed to follow you, but yet uh, through an act of really prevenient grace, God put the seek inside of him. It touched mm-hmm. a chord in him mm-hmm. and drew him to him, and he he had to. He had to get an answer to that question inside. Absolutely. His itch to be scratched. And yep. um, wow, uh, God's grace is amazing, Dad. And we have been and will continue to talk about that because honestly, it's something that is so profound. God's grace, His favor in our life is so profound. It's something that is truly misunderstood by the body of Christ throughout and we're, we're the gonna, world. We're going to teach on it in this uh podcast series. We'll talk a whole lot more on the grace of God and how that grace uh, works and enables you and me and everyone else listening to to do what God wants done. It's a powerful message, the grace of God. It is. Well, we thank God for his grace every day. His mercies are new every morning. And uh, may you continue to, to seek God and, uh, and grow in grace on a daily basis. Amen. Grace and peace on you all. Thank you for listening to us, and uh, we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care. Thank you for listening today to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. 
We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.